I'm Brad Livingston. I'm the executive pastor here at TC. And uh, man, it's just an honor and a privilege to be, uh, to be able to bring the word to you today. How many guys are enjoying the Real Talk series? Amen, like everyone? Oh, wow, all right. So we're gonna change it next week then. I said, how many guys are enjoying the Real Talk series? Amen, so. If nothing else, she gets to wear, well, y'all can wear whatever y'all want, whenever y'all want for the most part, but we on the stage get to wear hats and beanies and all that good stuff. Uh, So we're really, really excited. (laughs) But um, the Real Talk series, man, we just wanted to get real uh, for a couple months and kind of preach to you guys where we are all at, not just where you're at, but the stuff that we all go through each and every day. And so we're honored that you chose to be with us today. Let's just jump straight into today in the Real Talk series, because today we're gonna be talking about offenses right, offenses. How many guys have got to wrestle with some offenses every now and then? You got some people that can just, right? How many of y'all know someone like Sister Sandpaper? She rubs everyone wrong, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, yeah, y'all, some of y'all get that in a few minutes, but just rubs everyone the wrong way. But listen, so we want to get straight into it. Let's check out our text for today as we jump in. First Thessalonians 5, 23. It says, may the God of peace himself make you, make you entirely pure and devoted to God and may your spirit and soul and body be kept strong and blameless until the day when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back again, right? And so, man, we wanna be kept blameless Right, strong and blameless. And I mean, one of the things that we have found um, as pastors is that we, man, we wrestle with offenses. And offenses are one of those things, man, that can completely separate us from our mission, from what God wants to do, because we are so easily blinded. How many guys know and will acknowledge that we live in a day of constant offense? You know, like we have to have safe spaces on our college campuses for people to go to because they're so offended by things. You know what I mean? And it's like, man, we in this day and age, people are in a place of constant offense. And half the time, it's like a telephone game thing. Like they're offended because somebody said something that somebody said that somebody else said that somebody said, right? So it's not even, half the time we're offended by the idea of what someone said, not truly what someone has done against us. But there are things in our lives where people do offend us and how we wrestle those offenses and what we do with them oftentimes are going to dictate where our future is at. And so we wanna to talk to you about the four, uh, four effects that offenses have on our lives. And then we wanna talk about four different ways that we can wrestle those offenses that are in our lives. You guys with us this morning? All right, so let's get straight into it. So the effect of offense, the effects of offense in our life. I wanna check out Galatians 5, 22 and 23 because it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against all such things there is no law. So what we want to introduce to you idea because, man, how many guys know some people that are wrestling with some of these? How many of y'all are, some of y'all are wrestling with some of these? Like, man, I could use a little bit more joy, right? Like, man, there's some, there's like times in my life where I could, I need some peace, man. I'm going through a few things. Uh, I need some, pa- man, patience is the one, right? Like how many, <laughs> patience is the one. And man, the, the time that I feel like the Lord deals with me the most in patience is at like five o'clock when I'm in traffic. 
on like a one lane highway, you know what I'm saying? And like all these people are down here for spring break from up north and I, apparently people don't do speed limits up north because everyone's doing 10 under right now on the roads. And so patience, the Lord deals with me constantly and I'm very offended by people that can't drive. So anyways, moving on. So, but patience, man. And so um, the first thing we wanna talk to you about today, the offense does, uh, the, the effect of offense is that offense deters God's plan for us. Now I wanna remind you of something that God has a plan for your life. He has a destiny, he has a purpose that he wants you to fulfill. For every believer, God has a plan for you. So it's not that offense can stop that plan, it's that it can deter that plan. In other words, it doesn't mean God has to move to a plan B or a plan C, it means it can slow down the process and the ultimate destination that God wants to move you into. Because if we're constantly battling with offense, because Here's the deal, as a believer, we're supposed to walk in joy. We're supposed to walk in peace. We're supposed to walk in patience. We're supposed to walk in self-control. But how many guys recognize that when we become offended, we lose the ability to walk in all of the above? So man, I'm just offended. So I don't, man, there's, there's some people even in here right now, like you have no joy ever. Now don't look at them. I see some of y'all look like trying to cut. Right? But man, like, you got no joy. You got no peace. And, and I, I'm, man, like, some of y'all hit me up on Facebook, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, I don't owe you my joy, man. Like, if you genuinely want help, I'll help you. If you just want to sulk in your problems and your offenses, I ain't the guy, man, because I, like, I got problems of my own. You know, like, I don't, I don't have time to, to just sit in a pit with you while you wallow in yours. Like, if you're ready to get out of it, let's get out of it. If you're ready to get past the offenses, let's get past the offenses. But if you just wanna complain about how bad life is, I'm not the guy, man, because I got, <laughs> I got problems too, you know? So I, so, but offenses, man, if we're not careful, we'll allow these offenses to deter us from God's ultimate plan and purpose in our life. And so we have no joy, we have no peace. And guess what? If our mission and our goal is to take the gospel to a hurting and broken world, I can tell you this, people at work don't want the gospel if you don't have the joy that the gospel brings. Like they don't want the gospel if you don't have the peace that the gospel brings. If you're not a patient person, they don't want what you have. If you're, if you're impatient, angry all the time, and everything in the world is bad, trust me, you're not gonna proclaim the gospel and convince someone it's a good idea. They're looking at you like, hey man, whatever you got, just keep it, because I don't want any of it. I'm not gonna say I know some believers that way, I'm just gonna say I know some believers that way. So anyways, moving on. So we're no longer walking in our mission, man, we're no longer walking in our purpose, we're no longer walking like Christ. Because you look at Jesus, had every opportunity to be offended, but chose peace, he chose joy, he chose self-control. Because he was, the innocent became guilty, but not because he was guilty, he became guilty so that he could pay the price for the guilty, which like, spoiler alert, that's us. And so he paid that price for us. So offense deters God's plan. But here's one thing I want you to recognize is that offended people offend people. And so if, if you're offended, if you're constantly offended, you gotta recognize that the person that is doing the offending is already offended. But more importantly, you have to look at whether or not you are committing offense because you've been offended. And so, man, we have to wrestle that out that God's plan for us is intact. 
And so what we're gonna talk about, and all this is built around forgiveness and, and running away from unforgiveness and letting go of bitterness and all of those things that can take such deep root in our lives. Because here's the deal, and I saw, some, I saw one of these memes on Facebook the other day, and it was like, when you read your Bible, the devil gets a headache, and like whenever you pray, like what I, I, it was just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So, but I just remember reading it and going like, man, you can't look at the Bible anywhere and find any of that. Because here's the deal, the devil don't care if you pray, he don't care if you read your Bible, he don't care if you become a morally great person. Like you can, you can do all the good things. If you are not effective for the kingdom, he has won victory over your life, all right? If you can no longer proclaim the gospel and introduce people to a living Christ who can bring hope into hopeless situations because you have no hope, you have no joy, you have no peace, and we'll even take another step farther, you can't stop talking bad about so-and-so. So you can have joy, peace, and patience and self-control, but if you can't stop talking about what somebody did to you all the time and all you do is complain, you can't herald the gospel properly in the midst of offense. And so we have to move past that Offense. I got a couple of people, they're gonna come out and help me. Come on out, uh, Adam and Anna. Put your hands together for Adam and Anna, right? Hey. And so we're gonna take a page out of uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick's book at Elevation. He did something very similar, so we're gonna kinda take a page out of that, and I'm gonna grab one of these. If you guys would just set the rest of them down inside of the, the grooves there. So here's what we have. Guys, what I want you to imagine is that each one of these planks represents an offense. Right, so, uh, so like, my wife didn't do the laundry yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's don't nudge. I see some of y'all nudging. Stop nudging. That's not what I'm, right. So, or so and so didn't do the dishes. Or so and so hurt my feelings. Or we can take it another step farther and go a little bit deeper. Like so and so said something about me. So and so I thought I had confidence in that person, and then they turned around and told my business to somebody. Like so, how many guys recognize that it's easy to get offended? Like. We are in an age of offense. And one of the problems is because of social media and because of technology, we are constantly accessible. Therefore, we are constantly at a place that we can be offended, right? It used to be you could go home and since you weren't at work anymore, you didn't have to deal with coworkers, but now your coworkers are on your friends list so you gotta deal with them 24 seven. Truth, man, like do what you want with that information. Get off your phone a little bit. Anyway, moving on. That's not today's message. That's just a nugget. So. Right, so what we have, uh, Adam, come on over this way. And so uh, Adam and Anna are in a relationship and by the grace of God, it's gonna increase to more than that very, very soon. Uh, just putting that plug in there. Um, so, amen, Anna said, praise God. Anyways, moving on, so, hey. And then they're gonna have like amazing guitar playing, singing vocalist kids. Anyways, moving on, so. Um, but what happens is, is when in Anna and I's relationship, see what happens is like, this is an offense. So Anna didn't call Adam back. Uh, actually, let's flip that because Adam never has his phone on. So Adam didn't call Anna back when she called, right? So we have an offense. And then uh, Anna thought she heard something about so-and-so. Well, then Adam thought that he got offended because Anna was hanging out with her friends instead of coming over and hanging out with him and going to the movies. And so what happens, or so-and-so didn't do the dishes or so-and-so didn't do the laundry or so, what, and what happens is, well, they don't live together, so you can scratch that part, but anyways. But so we have, what we have is what tends to happen is through time, offenses set into our life, right? And what happens is if Adam is on this side and Anna is on that side, what we end up with is our offenses build offense between us and the people that matter to us. 
And so all these offenses have been set in place and put, and they create a wedge. They create a divide between the people that are important. And what happens is the second thing on your notes is offense starts to destroy our relationships. So we're offended. So we are wrestling with our relationships because we become offended. And what happens is offense, every time you become offended, you constantly allow a new plank to be put into offense between you and the people that you're close to. And so what happens with an offense is that the fence starts to divide us from the people that matter and all you get is a mere fraction of the real them, right? So it offense destroys our ability to build relationships because we're trying to reach that person. We're trying to have a relationship with that person through an offense that perhaps they didn't even put there. I'm gonna get a little bit ahead of myself, but some of us have to stop making other people pay for the offense that someone else caused. So some of you have had planks in your fence for so long that you, you keep making your husband pay for something that your ex-boyfriend did to you 20 years ago. Or you keep making your wife pay for something that your ex-girlfriend did 30 years ago and you hadn't been able to get past the offenses so that you could build a relationship with the person that's on the other side. Come on. So it affects our relationships. The third thing it does is offense changes how I view others. Offense changes how I view others. See, the problem is we like to make character assessments out of people's mistakes, but deny our own character flaws. So we see somebody do something one time and we've already made a mental character assessment of who that person is, but we don't like to look in the mirror at all the things we got going on. Like Chandler says, we like to surround ourselves with people that aren't as good at us so we feel better about ourselves. Like, yeah, I know I got that drinking problem, but I don't have that pornography problem that so-and-so has, so I'm still good. Well, no, you need to tackle that too. And so we tend to, change our character. So what happens is it changes how we view others. So offenses stop us from seeing all of them. It only allows us to see a sliver of them. So Adam, can you see all of Anna right now? No, you can only see part of Anna. Why? Because you're looking between the cracks of a fence. So you're trying to look in between being hurt by this person or being hurt by that situation and all you can see is a sliver of the real person that's on the other side because you're so offended over here. You can't see the real them. And what happens is we start to become bitter about the person on the other side and all we can do is notice their flaws, all we do is notice their mistakes but we don't recognize the beauty of the person that's on the other side. My wife is an amazing person. I'll tell her all the time, like you're superwoman. You know what I mean? And like this thing with Javen like just makes it to where I'm just like, you know, she's, and she asked me all the time, can you do this? I'm like, I can literally do whatever you need me to do because you're awesome and I'm barely surviving right now. So, like, you know, so I just, and I honor my wife. But one of the things that we constantly wrestle out as a couple is I don't, I don't deal with things right now. You know what I'm saying? Like we will postpone problems because I'm not gonna become bitter 
at the person on the other side because I can only see a sliver of her, right? So what happens is I, I don't see the beauty, how she's an amazing mom. I don't see how she's an, a tremendous woman. I don't see how she's strong. I don't see how she's independent and doesn't need me to carry her all the time. And if you're a woman that needs that, whatever, you'll find a guy that's good with it, but it's not me. So, but if you, what, so she, she has all these attributes that make her, so she's physically beautiful. She's internally beautiful, right? But if I look through the cracks of a fence all the time, I won't see any of that. I'll see what I don't like. I'll see the one thing that I can pick up, and that's what happens. And when you have people that go through marriage problems, it's because they stop seeing the beauty, they start identifying the problem. Oh, that, I just don't like this about them. Well, they, they don't nurture, they're not this way, or they're not that way. Yeah, 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 but they got everything else. You're just looking at the thing you can't find. You're just seeing the crack of a fence. So because they didn't do this, I'm offended. And because they did that and I'm offended, now all I see is in between that offense and I don't get a true picture of the beauty of the person on the other side. I don't get to build a relationship. It changes how I view others. Why? Because on the other side is a person, but I can only see part of them because I'm offended. And then we gotta wrestle that offense. So we like to make character assessments out of people's mistakes but deny our repeated character flaws. And so what happens is we, it goes something like this. Like Matt Chandler said, if you're a big fan of Matt Chandler, he says, yeah, 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 no, I, I'm not a liar. I just lie sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right? I'm not a thief. I just take stuff that's not mine sometimes. Nah, bro, you're a thief. Like, you steal stuff. But what happens, we become very good at identifying that flaw that we can see between the cracks, but we don't dare wanna look in the mirror and see all that's going on here. Because we forget that offended people offend people. And so it changes how I view others. The next thing that happens is offense changes how I view myself. Offense changes how I view me. Because what happens when you put a mirror on the other side? Well, one of two things happens when you put a mirror on the other side. Because offenses dictate how I view myself. Offenses dictate how you view yourself. See, the problem is we like to judge others by their actions, but judge ourselves by our intentions. So because we intended to do well, that's good enough for us. But if someone else intended to do well but did not act on doing well, we hold them to a different standard than we hold ourselves. So we judge by our intentions, but we judge others by their actions. And so what happens is when we're looking through the fence, we don't see all the, if there's a mirror on the other side, I look through it, I see a sliver of myself. I'm looking through the cacks of a fence at myself. And what happens is when I'm looking at myself, I'm very good at saying, oh man, that part about me is awesome, but I'm ignoring all the rest. So I don't have to fix the problem because all I can see is through a fence. I can say, well, I didn't offend me. I haven't offended anyone like that. That person offended me. And I haven't offended anyone like that because that person offended me. So I'm gonna look in between those and see the good about me without fixing the bad about me. Come on. And so I don't, I don't have to wrestle with it because 
I can see, I can see goodness in me, so I'm just gonna keep seeing goodness in me. I'm not gonna worry about the bad parts. Well, no, 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 you gotta wrestle some of that, those things to death as well. Like you need to get whatever's in your life that you need the Lord to help you start getting out of there. You need to start getting out of there. The problem is you need to start pulling some offense out of your way so you can see the real you. Stop judging others and stop judging yourself because you surrounded yourself with others that have worse problems than you that you feel like you don't have to deal with your problems. And we don't have to feel like we deal with our problems. So I, I, no, because that person's not good at that and that person's not good at that. And so I'm gonna boast myself up. I'm gonna feel better about myself because I've surrounded myself with people that are morally inferior to me. And we don't ever change. We don't ever deal with our offenses because I didn't, I didn't offend so-and-so like that, so I'm good. No, 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 we got problems too. The other thing that happens is when we look through the crack in the mirror, it's the reverse. And I believe some of us battle with this so desperately. So there's a mirror on the other side. And what happens is as we look through the cracks of offense, we become very good at missing all the good that the Lord is doing in our life and only identifying the bad that we don't like. So I'm looking in between offense and I become bitter at God because I miss the fact that he paid my bills yesterday. He gave me a job today. He has blessed me with an amazing wife and a beautiful family. He has taken care of me. Just the other day, we uh, actually had to take off work. jamie has been in the hospital and, and, and all the problems that come with being in the hospital and her having to take off work and she's, she's running out of leave time. And so, so all these things are happening. So financially, we're going, God, you gotta take care of us. And, what, and, and just in that moment, God uh, speaks to a woman in the city she mails us a check to pay for our bills for the time that we, she, Jabin, uh, that Jabin and Ashley were in the hospital, right? Right, and so, but here's what happens, right? If we're not careful, we miss that behind the offense and all we see is what we don't have. Right, all we see is I was in the hospital for 10 days and we have made it a point in our marriage that every time God does something miraculous on our behalf, we acknowledge it. We don't look, so we look at God and God, sometimes we have to deal with the offense that God has done in our lives. So we have to take up our offenses with the Lord because if we're honest, some of us become angry and frustrated with God in the heavens about what he is or is not doing in our life. And some of us need to understand that behind that offense that we have with the Lord is a blessing that we can't see because we. He can't get our mind off of what he hasn't done yet. And I told my wife, I said, listen, baby, you gotta realize, and she understood. I said, we have to realize that just because he hasn't done what we want doesn't mean he's not doing what we need. And so God is providing for us what had to happen. This offense right here that my son is sick and I can't do anything about it, I had to take it up out of the wall so that I could see that financial blessing on the other side and I could see what he was doing in my life on the other side. And so I had to move the offense that I'm offended that the Lord would choose us for this and he would allow us to walk through this so that I could see that he's doing something on the other side. Hold that one. And so it changes how I view myself. It changes what I'm doing when I have to deal with offense. Because Jesus the good part about Jesus is he doesn't have a linear view, he has an aerial view. That means he can see the real you all the time, which is both terrifying and encouraging at the exact same time because he sees the part of us that we don't want anyone to see, but the good part is he can fix all of us that none of us can fix, you know what I mean? So the Lord sees us and he says, I don't just see the sliver of problems in your life, I see all of you. 
And the Bible says that, what well, says it in Romans 5, 6 and 8, for while we were still weak, at the right time, turn to your neighbor and say the right time. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. In other words, man, even for a righteous person, someone may not give their life up for them. Though perhaps for a good person, one might dare to die, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he saw through the crack. Matter of fact, he took all the planks out. He saw all of you. He saw our, your, my problems. And he looked at it and said, that person's still worth it. I'm gonna take this to the cross. I'm gonna die for them. I'm gonna give my life for them. And so he went to the cross, died on the cross so that he could pay a price that we could never possibly pay so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. So we're no longer identified by our flaws through the cracks of offense. We're actually identified by who Jesus said as we are because he sees all of us on the other side of the fence. So how do I remove a fence? How do I let go of a fence? Well, that's exactly what you have to do. You gotta let it go. So Anna, come over here for me. Come on this other side for me. So essentially what we're talking about doing here is when you become offended, let it go. Just drop it. Let it go. <clears throat> so, I know it sounds crazy, right? When you get offended, let it go. And just, just drop it. See, but here's what some of us tend to do, right? I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> we hold on to a fence as long as possible. Because we still want that, we still want revenge. Someone needs to hurt that person like that person hurt me. So we hold on to it as long as we can and become distracted by the offense, but we never become healed enough to move on from it. But you gotta let it go. You, you, you gotta just drop it. But here's what, here's what letting it go means. It means you're gonna have to touch it again. And so some of y'all have had planks in your fence for a long time. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I understand that some of the planks in the fence, you were innocent, you, you didn't deserve it. It's not that you did something and someone did something back to you, it's that you didn't do anything, you were the innocent. Sometimes it's a molestation thing, sometimes it's a rape thing, some, and you could go on, sometimes it's an abuse, and I know you didn't deserve anything to do it, but you gotta find a way to let it go. But the problem is, to let it go means you gotta put your hands on it. That means you're gonna have to go through it again, you're gonna have to touch it, it's gonna have to become a very fond, it's gonna be something you're gonna have to mentally process again, but this time you 
got to mentally process it from the place of forgiveness. You're going to have to mentally process. You're going to have to relive that so that you can let go of it one last time and never pick it up again. You got to remove it from the fence. But here, here's what happens. When you remove it from a fence, that means you get to have a real relationship with a person on the other side. You get to have a real relationship with a people that you can't possibly get past. And furthermore, you're going to have to seek restoration with a person that hurts you so badly. Does that mean you're going to go to lunch tomorrow? No. I'm just telling you, you got to let them go. You got to let the offense go. Does that mean you're going to leave here today and just not be mad at anybody? No, I promise you, if you see them in Walmart tomorrow, it is going to bring something back in you. But in that moment, you're going to have to say, I'm going to let it go. I'm just going to drop it. We're going to let it go. And more importantly, you got to give it to God. Proverbs 19.11 says, good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Number two, you gotta pursue freedom. Pursue freedom. And some of you guys need to cut the puppet strings because the person that has offended you stands over you with strings attached to you. And so they tell you when you're gonna move that on. They tell you, you can be happy, no, no problem at all. I have literally been sitting next to people when someone they were offended by commented on a post of someone else and they saw it. So it wasn't even that person was trying to talk to them. They just commented on a post and they happened to see it and I watched the blood boil inside of them and they became angry and they became frustrated and they couldn't even carry a conversation on with me because all they were thinking about was what the person did to them five years ago and they couldn't possibly let it go. And I said, man, you gotta get some freedom from that because you are never possibly gonna be the person that God wants you to be as long as you're wrestling with the thing that happened to you five years ago. More Importantly, they don't think about you at all. Half of us are being mentally consumed by someone that hasn't thought two thoughts about us ever since it happened. And if we're honest, many of us are offended by something and hold grudges in our hearts over something that the person didn't even know they did wrong. Go talk to the person. Man, I just want you to know, this offended me a while back. They're gonna go, what? What are you talking about? Well, you did this. I did and it's kept you up at night for five years, they hadn't thought one thought about it. We gotta pursue freedom. What does that mean? It means whatever it needs to mean for you. Maybe you need to talk to somebody. You definitely need to take it to the Lord. But if you're not pursuing freedom, you ain't never gonna get it. Like if you're not actively trying to forgive them, I promise you you're not going to. You're not gonna wake up one day and be like, you know what, I'm just not angry with them anymore. Like, you're gonna have to work at this. You're gonna have to let it go. Pursue freedom. Three, you need to look in the mirror. Like, some of you need to, some, some of you, us, we, need to look in the mirror and take an honest assessment of ourselves and recognize that we hadn't quite got it all together just yet. We're angry that someone offended us, but we have forgotten that we have been the offender. I just don't wanna forgive them because they did so-and-so. Well, what if, what if everyone treated you that way? You wouldn't have no friends either. All right, we're gonna move on because I can see that one hurt a little bit, so <laughs> chew on that. 
Matthew 6, 14, 15 says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive yours. Hey, come on, man. Lord's Prayer in the Bible says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Some translations say, forgive us our offenses as we forgive those who have offended us or to the degree that we forgive those who have offended us. So here's a question, it's a hypothetical question you need to ask yourself. What if your ability to be forgiven is completely dependent upon your ability to forgive? I think all of us could say we're in a little bit of hurt right now. Like we might be in some trouble, why? Because if my ability to be forgiven by the Lord is contingent upon my ability to forgive my brother or sister who has hurt me the most, man, we might be in trouble. Lastly, number four, you need to look to Christ. Talking about getting rid of the offense. And you gotta look to Christ. Romans 5, 8, we just read it. But God shows us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you see, Jesus looked at us and didn't see this awesome specimen. See, some of y'all think y'all are like the captain of varsity of awesome. I mean, I am just the legend. The fact is, you're not even a water boy for the freshman team of life, right? So let's just like, <laughs> like, you got some problems, man. We got problems. And the problem is, is we like to think, again, we like to think that our character assessment is far higher than what it actually is. And so like, no, nah, man, I'm good. Like, I, I can't believe that person did that. I haven't done that many bad things, but I can't believe that person. No, 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 like, we, I mean, we got problems. And the, problem, the thing is, Jesus looked at us and was like, oh man, that guy with that alcohol problem, or that pornography problem, or that anger problem, or that unforgiveness problem, or that bitterness problem, or that whatever problem, or that problem, or that problem, the person, like, all these, all these issues that I see in that person, uh, I, I know that that's a problem, but you know what, I'm gonna die for him anyways. And, and here's the deeper pain is that some of us, we come into this understanding of grace, so we walk into grace, and then once we've walked into grace, we still find ourselves battling with problems. So what do we do? We still sin even after we're in grace. Now the beauty of that is that Christ's grace is still abundant in our lives, that it forgives us of those sins, so we don't have to pay for them anymore, but how dare we judge other people on how they've offended us, but we take advantage of the grace of Jesus Christ every single day. So we look at someone else and say, oh, no, 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 no. Like I can forgive that person and I can forgive that person, but that person right there, I can't forgive what they did to me. Yeah, I can promise you it's no worse than what it cost Jesus to take it to the cross. So how dare us in all of our pain look at someone and say, I can't forgive you. Meanwhile, look to Jesus and say, can you please forgive me? You gotta take it to the Lord. And he recognized that Christ forgave, which makes us forgive. Have you been offended? Yes, I'm not telling you that your offense wasn't real. I'm not telling you that it wasn't worth being angry about. I'm not telling you that it hasn't controlled you. I'm telling you, you gotta find a way 
let it go. So that you can walk in the freedom that is available to you in Christ Jesus. For all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Don't be shocked when sinful people hurt you. The same way Jesus is not shocked when you and I as sinful people hurt him. But what does he do? He makes a grace so abundant that we get to continue to walk in him each and every day. Bow your heads with me today. We wanna pose two different opportunities today. The first one is for those of you that are here in this place and you're like, man, I am dealing with offense. I am dealing with these issues. Like I am dealing with these problems and I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to walk them out. But truth be told, like I don't have the source of the ability to forgive because I don't even have Jesus. See, the truth is my friends is that Jesus saw us and, and he saw our sin. And because of our sin, we could never go to heaven. So what Jesus had to do is he had to come down and die. And when he died, he paid the price for our sins. And when he paid the price for our sins, he gave us a way back into the favor of our Father, of, of, of God. He gave us favor. He opened up the opportunity for grace, for us to be forgiven and then walk into an eternity with him. And the Bible says that all we have to do to receive that forgiveness is put our faith in Jesus Christ. That when he paid the price on the cross, he paid for our sins. And so here's what we want to do for you today is we just wanna give you the opportunity to pray a prayer. Now the prayer doesn't make you saved, putting your faith in Christ alone is what makes you saved. But we wanna pray a prayer together and acknowledge what Jesus is doing. Maybe you're watching this on live stream and you're saying, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I need to put my faith in what he accomplished on the cross to pay for my sins. I need him today. If you're in this house or you're online, you wanna say, I need Jesus to save me. The whole church is gonna pray this prayer with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And when you died, you paid for my sins and then you resurrected. You're alive today. So forgive me. I wanna walk with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, put your hands together for all those who prayed that.